now. Monday night with Nick and Company on ESPN 580 Orlando. It is our final hour of the night here on a beautiful Monday. Nick and Company here, ESPN 580 Orlando. Thanks for making our Monday part of your Monday. At, uh, Titans and Cowboys coming up here on ESPN 580 Monday Night Football. We are your home of the Monday night game here in Orlando. 844-225-5580, the number you can text, 21232. Also on Twitter is where you can get me, at ESPN 580. Nick, uh, week nine of the NFL, I thought was just outstanding. We outlined in the first hour of the show, uh, I thought that the playoff contenders, that you kind of got a little bit of a wider lens after week nine. I think that after the Rams fall to the Saints uh, on Sunday afternoon, all of a sudden, you see there are some holes. There, there, there's a couple of there. There were a couple issues with the Rams, an eight-no team going in that looked like it was just an unbeatable juggernaut. Well, I mean, there's a couple of defects in that in that dead star. The defense is struggling. Akeem Talib is out. You're missing. Uh, you're missing some pieces there on that defense. And though they they may get it figured out at the end of the season, you have to include the Saints. I think the Vikings is as well as a few other teams in the NFC and in the AFC. Same sort of thing. Same sort of thing in the AFC. We've talked about the Patriots and the Chiefs, and the focus has been on Kansas City and New England, which team will host the AFC Championship game when those two teams immediately meet, or eventually meet. I, not not so fast. I, I Not to pull a Lee Corso here, but really not so fast because the way that the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing right now, you need to put them in the conversation in the AFC. And also, the LA Chargers are playing some of the best football of any team in the NFL, and they're going to get Joey Bosa back. So we love to do this in the NFL where we make uh, a big, you know, irrational jump to a conclusion and just write off half the league. Uh, I think we are headed for a very intriguing, barring injury, of course, a very intriguing finish in the final seven, eight weeks of the NFL regular season. We're in week nine, so eight more weeks, 17 weeks, and then into the wild card, the divisional, the championship. I don't think it's guaranteed for any team. Right now, if I had to make a choice, I would take the L.A. Chargers out of the AFC. I think that defense is most certainly better than the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that the L.A. Chargers, by the way, still have a chance to win the AFC West. Their next three games are very winnable. That's going to be a 9-2 and team. We'll see where Kansas City ends up at the end of the day. And out of the NFC, I'm not coming off of the Minnesota Vikings in the way that that defense has bounced back. Ten sacks on Sunday. And even without Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen having an off day, Kirk Cousins in that offense found a way and they won another game. I, I, I like those two teams. I'm not coming off of those two teams. That was my original Super Bowl pick at the beginning of the season. And I'm not moving. You can call, you can call it stubborn. That's fine. We got a lot of evidence here. I'm not coming off of that pick just yet. 844-225-5580. Text is 21232. That is 2-1-2-3-2. Let me get to the Sunday night game. By the way, Sunday night football delivered for just about three quarters. I, I thought that Packers, Patriots, Rodgers versus Brady, though I know they don't really play each other. Thank you, dude, on Twitter that has to point that out every single time. You know they play the defense. Thank you. Find something else to do. Um, for about three quarters, Patriots, Packers delivered. Aaron Rodgers, I couple of takeaways from this one. I thought Aaron Rodgers outplayed Tom Brady in Foxborough. Rodgers, 259 yards, two touchdowns. I think what you can see, and by the way, Tom Brady, 294 yards and one score. Yes, he had more yards. I think that Rodgers was better than Tom Brady because I'll tell you what, the, 
The touchdown that iced the game, the Josh Gordon touchdown pass that Brady had, uh, what was that? The That was the final touchdown of the game that kind of iced the whole thing there. Um, I thought that Brady missed Edelman on the pass. The 55-yard touchdown pass to Josh Gordon. I didn't think he was looking for Josh Gordon on that play. Now, maybe at second look, I would change my mind. I've seen the replay only once. I That's all I'm saying. But that game delivered for just about three quarters. And it did on television, too. NBC announced today, Packers-Patriots delivered the best Week 9 overnight rating for Sunday night football in the 13-year history of the game. 13 years of Sunday night football, the Week 9 overnight, the best ever, Brady Rodgers. And my reaction at the end of the game, because you listen to Rodgers, you listen to Brady talk, I thought that Sunday night was the perfect snapshot for the careers of the two players. Where you've got Tom but Talent talent aside, and in my mind, Aaron Rodgers, much more talented than Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers is the most talented, the best thrower of the football at the quarterback position that I have seen in my 29-year life. Now, people have been on who've been on this earth longer than me, they would tell me, oh, listen, you didn't see this guy, you didn't see that guy. You're right. I've seen Aaron, I, I, I've been on this earth since 1989. Is it a limited sample to a lot of people? Yes. To me, Aaron Rodgers is the best thrower of the football I've ever seen. Tom Brady? One of the smartest football players in NFL history. To me, I thought Sunday night was a great snapshot of the two careers. The New England Patriots win with Tom Brady. The Green Bay Packers win because of Aaron Rodgers. Small difference in the two sentences there. And it's not meant to take away from Tom Brady at all. But that game on Sunday night, no no Rob Gronkowski, no Sony Michelle, Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, that New England system there, they figure out a way to get Corderell Patterson in for 11 rushes, 61 yards, and a touchdown. They've got Julian Edelman on the trick play, throwing the 37-yard completion. Was that James White he hit? Yeah, to James White. Almost went for a touchdown. James White, by the way, 12 carries, two touchdowns. The story of James White is an outstanding story. But the New England Patriots, the infrastructure there in New England, it doesn't. It should not take anything away from the greatness of Tom Brady. But I'll tell you what, when I see him playing against Aaron Rodgers, I think, wow, this is a guy that's just playing with more resources. This is a guy that's playing with all the smartest guys in the room on his side against a more talented guy that just doesn't. I mean, Tom Brady's, Tom Brady, but once again, I, mean, I think that if you were to flip the coaches, if you were to flip the organizations, same rosters, Green Bay beats New England on Sunday. Not meant to take away from Tom Brady. But I don't think I don't have faith in Mike McCarthy for him to figure out Corderell Patterson. I don't have faith in Mike McCarthy to draw up some of those trick plays with Julian Edelman to get Josh Gordon on somewhat of the right track. By the way, Josh Gordon, they got him for a fifth-round pick. And we knew this was going to happen. But to me, the New England Patriots, they win with Tom Brady. The same way in the season he was gone, they won with Matt Castle. Did they make the playoffs? No. Did they win eight games? Yes. The Green Bay Packers win... Because of Aaron Rodgers, the greatness of Aaron Rodgers, his ability to get outside the pocket and make the throws and make plays and set guys up. And once again, for the second straight week, and this is what I'm talking about, because for Tom Brady, these re- these mistakes, for whatever reason, are not made. Aaron Jones, with about one of the worst fumbles that you will see. For the second straight week, the Green Bay Packers with the ball and a chance in a competitive game, they fumble it away. Aaron Jones, perfect example, fourth quarter, 
Um, excuse me, no, third quarter. Um, Aaron Jones fumbles the ball up the middle, turns the ball over. Um, Green Bay turns t- turns the ball over in a game that's 17-17. That's at the end of the third quarter. That fumble, New England gets the ball back. First and 10 at their own 24-yard line, by the way. They go 10 plays, 76 yards, touchdown, it's 24-17. And really, New, and New England never looked back from there. Second straight week. You go back to Ty Montgomery last week, taking that ball, that kickoff out of the end zone with two minutes to go, down by two points, robbing us of an Aaron Rodgers classic comeback. And this week, Aaron Jones with another fumble. For whatever reason, I don't know why teams do this in Foxborough. And for whatever reason, this does not happen to New England. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's culture. I don't know if it's the football gods. I You could sell me on anything. Deflating of the footballs, maybe? I don't know. But you could sell me on anything for this. But the New England Patriots, you, you saw all of the infrastructure on full display on Sunday night. Because if Mike McCarthy didn't have his best running back and his best receiving threat, I don't think they could put Aaron Rodgers in a position to consistently win football games. That is all Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots do. Oh, no Sonny Michel, no Rob Gronkowski. That's fine. We're good. Don't worry. This week, we're going to have a return trick play specialist be one of our lead running backs, Corderell Patterson, who's on his third team in three years. And oh yeah, Josh Gordon, who has not played an NFL game before this season in three years, be our lead receiver. Five catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. That is what New England does. And once again, you see the Patriots win with Tom Brady. The Packers, if they're going anywhere, it's because of Aaron Rodgers. 844-225-5580. That's 844-225-5580. The text, 21232. That is 21232. It's Monday Night with Nick and Company here on ESPN 580 Orlando. Bring them out. Bring them out. Bring them out. Bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! 100%. I mean, it's, it's very frustrating because uh, there's plays in every game that would put us in a better situation. If we can get that, you know, that, that playoff and maybe we get seven instead of three early in the game and it sets a different tone. If we can, uh, you know, if we don't fumble the ball there, if we, uh, if I hit Devontae, you know, down 24-17 on second down there, um, who knows? Uh, we made some good plays. You know, Marquez had three nice catches for us. Jimmy made some plays, but... Yeah, I mean, we all got to play better, myself included. You know, so much of, you know, our team is guys being in roles that, you know, maybe they didn't sign up for that, that particular role, but they're asked to do it because, you know, injuries and attrition, you know, we've been at this for nine games plus four preseason games, 13 plus two weeks of camp, 15 weeks. A lot of guys go down and you're short at certain spots. And, you know, obviously we have a lot of trust in him that when he's got the ball in his hand, good things are going to happen. So ended up being a... A great game for him. He played his butt off. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Uh, Brady wins the head-to-head matchup on Sunday night, though. That was that that was more of a display of the difference in organizations, in cultures, uh, than anything. And you hear Brady there just talking about how different guys step up. Uh, you do not see the same thing there in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. The Packers winning because of Rodgers. The Patriots winning with Tom Brady. That's not to take away anything from the greatness of Tom Brady. He's out there. He's making the plays. But, man, it seems like the Patriots, they just they, they grow another guy whenever they need him. Okay, we need a running back. All right, well, we got Corderell Patterson. Just move him from, what, a slot trick play kind of gadget guy to running back. Oh, 61 yards and a touchdown. It's just the way the Patriots do that is better than anybody. And then Tom Brady, by the way, they... They had that trick pass 
on Sunday night. Julian Edelman, the converted college quarterback, uh, connecting with James White for 34 yards, almost a touchdown. This was just vintage stuff from Tom Brady. Trick play. You were lead blocker on the trick play. Yeah. Did you anybody? No. How special was that play? That was a great play. I mean, I had no idea. You got in space. I have no idea what the hell's going on. I don't know what's illegal to hit or dive or, you know, cut. And I thought, no way the ball's getting to me. And next thing you know, James is running by me. And I said, Shit. you know, just as he's running by me, because I probably could have made a play to get him a touchdown. But you live and you learn. If you're Josh McDaniel, bleep, bleep. I. Every single Patriots fan is thinking, Tommy, don't don't worry about the block, Tom. Just get the hell off the field and don't let anybody hit you. Welcome back. It's Monday Night with Nick and Company. Hope you're having a good start to your week. Thanks for making my Monday part of your Monday. Titans-Cowboys coming up in just about 12 minutes here on ESPN 580. I thought the Sunday night game lived up to the billing for just about three quarters. To me, the Patriots, along with Kansas City, the L.A. Chargers, and you got to start talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, the class of the AFC. And for the Green Bay Packers... Uh, Green Bay has put itself in a very tough spot here after losing that game. And and listen, it's not just the loss to the Patriots. It's not having an opportunity late after the Ty Montgomery fumble to take down the Rams. It's losing 31-23 to the Lions in uh was that week 5. It was losing, you know, that that tie against the Vikings, the loss to the Redskins, uh 31-17. It has been an uneven season for the Green Bay Packers this year. Now, the schedule gets a little bit easier for Green Bay. They get the Miami Dolphins this week and then they go on the road for a pair of games at Seattle and at uh Minnesota. Uh, you got to win the first two before playing Minnesota if you're Green Bay, if you want any chance of rallying to make the playoffs here. Because as it stands, Green Bay 3-4-1, and one, Chicago and Minnesota both with five wins at the top of the NFC North. So uh, Green Bay, I think if they miss the playoffs, I think Mike McCarthy's looking for a new job. Could he end up in Cleveland? Maybe. I th- Mike McCarthy's name is going to be on the list there, I think, as a potential head coach there for the Cleveland, uh, for the Cleveland Browns. And by the way, um, as I, I want to get to UCF here real quickly, and 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 we will with the college football playoff committee rankings coming out, but this headline from Bruce Arians was interesting. Uh, Bruce Arians, who was, was he on the CBS, the NBC broadcast? I saw him for a minute the other day. Um, saying on the broadcast, he would consider the Browns job and suggest Chuck Pagano as an option for the Browns. He was on the CBS telecast for the Kansas City Chiefs Cleveland Browns game. It's probably a good place for him to say that. Um, And Bruce Arians telling the Canton repository on Sunday that the Browns head coaching job, the only position, the only job that he'd be willing to come out of retirement for. I said it last week on the show. We've talked about it here on Monday Night with Nick and Company. The Cleveland Browns job is a good job. It is a good job. The Browns have some pieces that if you're a potential head coach, you're excited about. Like You think about the potential openings, and we talked about it in the first hour. Tampa opens. Cleveland's open. If Tampa opens, let's talk Baltimore. Um, The New York Jets could be a a job that opens. I think the Denver Broncos, even though Vance Joseph's been there only two years, has a chance to open. That's five openings there. Um, Dallas, I mean, you look at six, maybe seven, eight jobs that very well could open at the end of this season. There could be a ton of turnover, as there normally is in the NFL. The Browns' job is going to be a top two to three job. Like, let's say six jobs open. 
it's going to be probably the second best job available. And like We can debate about the New York Jets right now. The Browns roster is better than the Jets roster. And that's not just about Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. The Browns have more players than the Jets do. Now the Baltimore Ravens open up. That defense is stacked offensively. They don't really have a lot. I, I would take Cleveland's young roster over Baltimore's roster. We'll have to have a conversation about Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Maybe that would make it more appealing if you like Lamar more than you like Baker. Denver, that defense is reaching a point where I think it's going to be hard to continue to kind of be at that level. Von Miller, what are we at? We're about, what, year five, year six of Von Miller here? He's been in the league a while. Um, Not to mention, if you take the Denver job, you're seeing the Chargers twice a year and Pat Mahomes for the next 10 years twice a year. I think I'm going to pass there. Cleveland's going to be one of the best jobs that opens easily. This offseason, if you're Bruce Arians, if, I, if Bruce Arians says that he is available, Cleveland shouldn't talk to anybody else. Bruce Arians is the guy. Bruce Arians, who he's an offensive genius, did wonders with the Arizona Cardinals uh, in getting that team to the playoffs in multiple years. No, they never bought, they never won the Super Bowl, but they got to a Super Bowl. Um, I I would I would. Be on the phone if I were John Dorsey right now, who's the GM of the Cleveland Browns. I would be on the phone right now with Bruce Arians, with his people, to get him in for an interview. And if Bruce Arians says he wants the job, you take him. Because after the McVeighs and the Shanahans have been hired, there's a little bit of a drop-off in terms of the next guys. You're going to hire Lincoln Riley instead of Bruce Arians? Listen, like Lincoln Riley, great story. Oklahoma, he's been there his second year. Oklahoma may make the playoff. Lincoln Riley, great offensive mind. He's 35 years old. Like Lincoln Riley's still a young buck. I would hire Bruce Arians and see if I can bring Lincoln Riley in in a couple more years. Who knows how long Bruce Arians wants to be there, but you hire Bruce Arians, and then you get the best offensive coordinator you can find, and you make this about Baker Mayfield. That would be great. For the Cleveland Browns. Their future is bright. They got to find the right coach. Let me quickly get to UCF because uh, the weekend went well for UCF in terms of teams that play close games. I'm, I'm looking at you, Oklahoma, Texas Tech. I'm looking at you, Ohio State. Some teams took some losses. Kentucky went down. Florida went down. Yet UCF went down in the AP poll and the coaches poll. The Knights that were number nine in both of those polls drop down to number 12. Um... I think the way that you have to look at this if you're a UCF fan is the Knights can win really only one place, and that would be on the football field. You can't win in the eyes of the voters. You can't win in the eyes of the college football media elite. Number 11 make that for UCF. I said 12. Misspoke. It is number 11. Uh, The Knights just have to continue to win. That's all you can do. Now, as far as the college football playoff committee rankings are concerned, UCF is 12 in that. I don't see the Knights moving up. The AP and coaches poll, I do think that, by the way, the committee rankings give the AP and coaches poll the excuse to move UCF down. Well, the committee thinks they're 12. They're the college football Illuminati. So if they think they're 12, let's move them back to 11. We can move some of these other teams in front of them. We can can keep Ohio State there in front of them. That's what I think ended up happening there this week, and we'll find out tomorrow. We'll talk about it on Live Local and Loud with me and Jerry Daniels tomorrow. I think UCF ends up either sticking at 12 and you're going the wrong way. I think the Knights end up probably somewhere around 13. They fall back one spot. That's going to do it for me tonight here on Monday Night with Nick and Company. Thanks for hanging out, making my Monday part of your Monday. 
Monday Night Football is coming up next. Titans, Cowboys here on your home, ESPN 580 Orlando. Have a good night.